Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin, doing my post-game pod for the Mavs. Um, big win, big game two win against uh, the Utah Jazz. Um, we'll talk about that, plus we'll talk about some of the other games that are going on. Um, but of course, we will start with the Mavs game. Um, this was a, I felt must need win. I know some people don't like that term must need. I know the players and the coaches they say the it wasn't, but you know, if you fall down 2-0 going back to Utah, like you basically have to win game 3 or the or it is the the series is over. You know, no team has ever come back from a um, you know, a 3-0 deficit in the NBA. So I felt if Dallas was going to have a chance um, at all to win this series, they just had to win today. and Or today. Yesterday, I'm doing this pod actually on Tuesday evening. Um, but I, I did feel the Mavs had to win Monday night's game or else it, it was just the season was sort of done. And for a while... Even going into the fourth, I, I just, it was rough, man. I, I, you know, I try to be positive, but sometimes it's hard to be positive. And man, I just, I was, I was kind of sad, like thinking, you know, if they lose this game, it's just, you know, I feel like this whole season was for nothing, you know. And but all of a sudden, you know, Maxi got hot, and he couldn't miss. You know, and and they just they outscored the Jazz, I believe, thirty-one eighteen to close the game. I think that's what the run was, and and then they pulled it off. And, and you know, it's funny, you know, watching this game. I felt like the defense in Game One was better than it was in Game Two. Their biggest problem in Game One is they just did not make shots. They just didn't make shots, and this game they did. And that's basically the difference in, you know, this team. You know, they make shots, they can win. They miss shots, they're going to lose. Uh, you know, they don't have a lot of guys who can take the ball to the rim, obviously. You know, Jalen Brunson's one and Dinwiddie's another one. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, if if they're not hitting their shots, that's it. And, you know, Brunson started the game hitting a lot of three-pointers. Um, you know, I've talked about in the past is, his three-point percentage has really gone up. It's probably the best in his career. I haven't obviously I, I haven't looked at his career stats, but I'd be willing to bet that this year is his best shooting um, from three in his career. Because you know, in the past he he hadn't really taken a lot and he hadn't hit them like he did. But like this year, man, he he's really been hitting his three-pointers very well and seeing him shoot more. I, I you know I like seeing that because. You know, he shot 60%. He was 6 for 10. Like, you can't ask for more. Um, Maxie was the one that did give more, but we'll get to him in a sec. But, you know, seeing Brunson shoot more three-pointers um, and make them was really good to see. Uh, you know, he had seven free throws. He made five of them. Uh, you know, he had five assists. He had eight rebounds. He actually led the team in rebounds, believe it or not. Um, Powell, bless his heart. Powell had one rebound. Uh, you know, Powell, it's funny. Um, it's funny how much Luca 
has really affected his career. Uh, you know, it's he he really is, he's sort of been a non-factor um, in these first two games, and I, I just feel like you know Brunson and Dinwiddie they don't they don't do the pick and roll with Powell or with anyone like Luca does, and you know it's one thing I wanted Luca to do more with Maxi. You know, because I felt with at the end of the season with Maxi struggling with his shot, I, I thought they should be doing the pick and roll more. And poor Powell, he's just he's really been a non-factor. Um, you know, with one rebound. You know, one thing one thing Luca does very well also that really not very many people on their team do is box out. Uh, you know, Dallas got killed again on the rebounds. Uh, you know, they've. They only had 31 to the Jazz's 50. Uh, that's pretty crazy. That's one thing that Luca can help because Luca, even if Luca doesn't get the rebound, he does a good job boxing out guys. And so it helps other people get rebounds. Uh, but, you know, but right now Powell, he's, he's not having a good series. And hopefully it's something that if, if Dallas can somehow get past, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't have to face Gobert, you know. He would he would have to face Aiton, which obviously, and uh, uh, Javel McGee, who's a tall, you know, probably just as tall and long as uh, Gobert. You know, he would have to face him, and you know, Javel McGee's obviously not the talent that Gobert is. Gobert's got a lot of more talent, but you know, at least Aiton, his. The way Aiton gets you is a lot different than how um, sort of Gobert gets you, you know, with his length. So, you know, Powell. Hopefully, hopefully, if Luca could come back, he could uh, he could kind of have a turnaround um, in this series. Uh, Maxi is the other guy who we could talk about for a sec. You know, he took all three pointers, eight for eleven, seventy two percent. Just incredible shooting. He had six rebounds. He had three assists, believe it or not. Uh, he had 25 points. I believe it was one off his career high. Uh, but he really needed a game like that. Something like that can turn your... Um, I was going to say season, but you know we're in the playoffs. I felt like he needed the time off that he got. And... You know, I think game one he was like two for five, which isn't actually terrible. It's not great, but you know, to come out and shoot more is really what he needed. And you know, to make eight of eleven, that that's just that was something he, you know, that some Dallas needed. You know, if Dallas was going to win without Luca, you know, obviously you're going to need someone to score a lot, and that was Brunson. But you're also going to need someone who's not named Brunson to pick up, basically do Brunson scoring. You know, Brunson's doing Luka scoring last game. Brunson did Luka scoring on game two. Somebody had to do Brunson scoring. And last night, you know, it was Maxi. You know, maybe next game it's someone else. Maybe it's Bullock or Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, Bullock was three for five. He had 11 points. He didn't take a lot of shots. Uh, Bullock could have taken more. Um, I, I feel like he could have taken more shots. But, 
You know, one of the things they talked about was minutes. Bullock played 45 minutes. Uh, you know, I some people think they overextended him. I don't know. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Maybe he likes playing 45 minutes. Uh, maybe, maybe the thinking was they have two days off. Uh, 45 minutes will be okay. Uh, you know, they don't play till Thursday. Um, Dorian had 42, and so did Brunson. You know, I know that's a lot, but I, I felt like this was a desperate enough game that they could do it. Bullock's defense is really what helps more than you really see in the stats. You know, he had a steal, but it's you you see it more than like you don't his defense isn't something that's um you're gonna see stats on like he doesn't it's not flashy he just gets it done i guess that's kind of what i'm trying to say and Dorian finney smith's always been the same way he's not a guy who's gonna give you flashy defense he's just gonna do his job and you know dorian was three for nine you know he shot 33 percent. it's not great it's okay um, he hit uh, he hit a big shot in the fourth. They needed, you know, he had six rebounds. Um, he only had nine points, but you know him and like when you look at say plus minus, you know, Bullock was a thirteen and Dorian was a twelve, and Brunson was a fifteen. It, it kind of went to show you who what they did you know Brunson gave them the plus on the scoring and the other two sort of give you a plus on the defense that's that's kind of how it's kind of funny when uh Nilakina when he plays he's not flashy but he always seems to be on the plus um and a plus minus because he goes out and he defends and he defends well and he doesn't defend fancy but he defends well and he's a guy who's willing to distribute the ball he's improved his shot and he's not going to score a ton of points, but he sure is going to help on the defensive end in the backcourt. And he just makes it easier for everyone else on the court. So, I, you know, seeing Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith get so many minutes, it was probably necessary defensively. Like I said, I think their defense in game one was better. But the fact that they scored, you know, like 18 more points in the game, that's the biggest difference. You know, it, had they made... Like I said, I think I said my last pod. Had they had had Dinwiddie hit half of the free throws he missed, and they made one extra three, it's a tie game, you know. But they shot so poorly that you know they they lost by six, and they could have easily won that game by ten. So it's these games are winnable. You just you you don't have the guy in Luca there to kind of get you over the top. And last night, the fact that Brunson and Kleba were able to do that was great to see. You know, we don't, you know, I, I've read already for game three and four, they don't know if, you know, there's, they say there's optimism Luca could play in game three or four. Man, I, if it were me, you know, if if you're if he's okay to play and he's not going to injure himself and you want to put him on a minutes restriction or whatever, you can play him in game three and maybe they lose the game anyways. But I, I think if if you're able to get him out there in game three to get him, you know, out there and you know, I don't. I, it's hard to 
you know, it's hard to give a guy like that minutes restrictions because when he's out there, he's basically your whole team. And I, I but there is there's a part of me that says I, I'd like to have him a full game, a, a warm up game before he goes out there because I'm afraid if he gets out there and he's slow and you know a little winded because he hasn't played, you know, he's gonna have a bad game and. It's. I just don't want that to happen for you know Luca, and you know the Mavs, and I just I worry about that. But at the same time, you know, winning in Utah is very difficult. And you know, if I had my choice to say I could have eighty percent Luca in Game Three, or ninety five percent Luca in Game Four, if he skipped Game Three, I might have him skip Game Three and play Game Four. Uh, I, I don't, you know, like, I, I don't know anything about the injury. I don't know how bad it is. I don't even know what it is, where it's at, if you can make it worse, how worse can it be, If I'm, how much worse could it be if he did something. I don't know any of that. So it's hard to really comment on that. I know everybody on everybody on Twitter and the talk shows, they're all doctors all of a sudden, and then when doctors come out, they you know on YouTube they want to explain what it is, but yet they never saw any medicals. It's just everybody's a doctor at this point. So I, I just I would like to see. I wish there was a way he could get a warm up game in, but I know that's not possible. Um, so I guess just having him out there is better than not. You know, a 60% Luka to me is better than pretty much anything Utah has. I don't know. That's an insult to Utah, maybe. Um, Utah's struggles have been well documented. Uh, you know, the national media doesn't have any confidence in them. That's sort of what's kind of funny about this series to begin with. Um, you know, they can't close out games. But like I said, they're a tough, they're a tough home team to beat. You know, one of the things Dallas did very well last night that it would be nice to see them duplicate is they only had three turnovers, and they were all Dinwiddie. Uh, nobody else on the team turned the ball over except him. Um, game one, they had seven, I believe. Uh, you know, that's really good. Seven is really good. Seven turnovers, that's really good. Three, I didn't even know three was possible. Uh, you know, the way you know, defenses are, um, you know, I, I, you know, Utah's not like a great defensive team. They struggle in the backcourt. Mike Conley's not the player he used to be when he was in Memphis. Obviously he was a good defender because that's the way Memphis played back then with Gasol and Randolph. Um, they were known for their defense. You know, Conley's not that guy anymore. And Mitchell's never been like a great defender. So, you know, the two backcourt guys aren't going to get many steals or whatever. So the guys handling the ball in Brunson and Dinwiddie, you know, those are going to be the guys who are going to turn it over the most. And Luka also, you know, being a backcourt, the ball handler. And without any defenders in the backcourt, you know, guard, good defending guards, they're not really going to force a lot of turnovers. The best they can do is force them to go bare and hope Gobert blocks the shot. Gobert had two blocks last night. 
Um, Whiteside had two. Finney Smith had one and Powell had one. That's the extent of that. But, you know, Dinwiddie still had a good game, even though he had all the turnovers. He had 17 points. He had six assists. He was four for four from the line, which was great to see after he missed all those free throws in game one. He was one for six from three. That's the one thing that he's really been struggling with. He's, I believe he's only made one. I think he's like one for ten for the playoffs so far. And he shot so well when he got to Dallas. I think people were thinking he was a better shooter than he is. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that people were saying is that they don't think his shooting is sustainable because, you know, he's lifetime a whatever percentage shooter and. They're saying, you know, people were saying he's shooting better than, you know, his normal shooting. But, you know, he is getting open shots. Like, all their threes are open. Not all of them, but a lot of their threes are open. Utah's giving them the open shots. They're, They're sort of clogging the paint, trying to keep Dallas out of the paint. Which is an interesting strategy against Dallas being that they only really have two guys that can handle the ball and take it to the paint. I, I If I were a coach, I would defend the three-point line and see who can dribble and who can't, but whatever. Um, but Dinwiddie, obviously, 17 was big for him. It, he He's a guy who can still get to the rim. Um, you know, a lot of layups that even Brunson and Dinwiddie take, you know, they're trying to take their layups around Gobert, and sometimes, you know, they're not making some of them, so it's tough. Uh, Josh Green's a guy who's really struggling. Uh, you know, he, they're, Utah's just letting Josh Green do what he wants. They don't even, they're not even defending him. They left him open once so much so that he took a two pointer and he actually made it. Which was good to see, but he took two threes and he missed them, and he took five shots overall, but he only made the one. And he's he sort of been a non-factor. Um, Trey Burke was given four minutes. He he did hit a three, which was good, but that's all he did. You know, the three out of the, the plus-minus, the three guys that were in the minus were Burke, Green, and Bertans. Now, Bertans... Bertans played 12 minutes. He only took one shot. Uh, I, I think when Bertans is in the game, they're going to guard him on the three-point line. You know, Bertans does have that reputation of being a good three-point shooter. So they are going to guard him. You know, Maxi was struggling so much that I think they sort of just stopped guarding Maxi. And obviously he got a bunch of open threes and he made them. And he made him pay. And so I figured they'll actually guard Maxi, you know, next game. But Bertans is a, a guy that they do guard. Um, I, I did notice that Bertans didn't really get a lot of open looks. Now, Bertans is a guy who likes to run around on offense. And I do like that. I do like his movement. Uh, I also feel like he gets more open shots when Luca's on the court. But, man, that's everybody. Luca draws so much attention. He's able to get so many open shots for people, and you really notice it when you watch a game like this where 
you know, there, there might be a guy open and, you know, like Max said, Maxi, he got a lot of open shots because they just weren't guarding him. And, you know, Green, he got a lot of open shots, but he just hadn't been able to make them. But for the most part, you know, they're covering Bullock because, you know, Bullock's a good three-point shooter and they know that. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith is the same way. They've seen Dorian Finney-Smith hit a bunch of threes on him, so they're going to guard him. So when Luka's in the game, though, Luka can draw two and three guys, and so there's always someone open. And that's sort of the difference between having Luka in the game and not, especially when you know Luka gets in the paint. You know, he, he's looking for open guys, in the corners and you know on the wings and he just he gets a lot of open shots for people and I feel like right now the only guys they're getting open shots is the ones they're just choosing not to guard and obviously that's going to change for game three you know they'll probably show more respect for Maxi's shot now they weren't showing it before you know, I'm sure they scouted the Mavericks and saw that Maxi wasn't shooting that well for the last few months. You know, they saw that Josh Green is basically in his rookie year. You know, I know his rookie year was last year, but he he played so little and was given so little attention. I, I feel like this year should be more of his rookie year. You know, they basically left him alone. Um, you know, Trey Burke... I believe his first shot, he was just kind of by himself. I don't, I don't really think they were guarding Trey Burke. But, you know, they they try to concentrate on certain guys. And they just don't want certain guys shooting. And I, I, I just feel like that's going to change next game. And, you know, it'll be... I, I just hope that, you know, they can hit some shots on the road in Utah to be able to... You know, keep the game close and give them sh- give themselves a shot. Um, the game is on Thursday. You know, they're going to get two days off, and that's why that's probably why there was a lot of minutes given to some of these guys. You know, Dinwiddie played thirty nine. Maxie played thirty one, but you know, the, there's two days off, and that's a big deal because you basically don't have to do anything today. I think they said they were given the day off. You know, tomorrow you can do sort of your practice shoot-around type deal. But, you know, then you go to Utah, and it's probably a late game. Um, I I haven't looked at the time of the game, but it's probably late. So, you know, it's for, you know, people who play in our time zone to go to Utah where it's, you know, you get the extra hour. Maybe even two, um, I don't know if they're an hour or two hours behind. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's just that extra time. And, you know, it, I, I think being the playoffs, that's when you, you play guys lots of minutes. You, you don't want to play, you know, you don't want to play Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith 40 minutes a night during a regular season, right? But... For your when you're playing for your playoff lives, man, you, you just you gotta do what you gotta do, and you've gotta the guys know that they they know that you know they know that this they knew that it was a must win game. Obviously, for the cameras, they're not gonna say it is, but when they're in the locker room, they're thinking we gotta win this game because we can't go into Utah O two. Everybody had to know that that's what you know it was. They couldn't go into Utah O two, so 
but great win, man. I, I really had, I was really worried. Um, the fourth quarter, the second part of the fourth quarter was fun to watch. The fans were into it. The players were into it. It was just, it was good basketball. Um, guys hitting their shots. Utah looking like they didn't know what they were doing on offense was nice to see. And I, I just, I hope they can win one of the next two and get home court back. Um, they basically have to win a game in Utah at this point. So hopefully they can win one of the next two. And hopefully at some point Luka can come back and, you know, they, they can put this series away. If it goes to seven and game seven's in Dallas and Luka's playing, I I think I have a lot of confidence in them winning the game. If if it doesn't make it to seven and they're playing for their playoff lives in game six in Utah, I'm going to be a little worried. So they just they need to at some point they just got to win one in Utah and just keep protecting home court at this point. So that's pretty much all for the Mavs. Um, we'll move on to other things going on. You know, I I did my last pod on Monday. Uh, the I believe. That who was it? It was uh, or no? It was. I'm sorry. I did it on Sunday night, and Milwaukee was playing Chicago. And as I was doing the pod, Milwaukee was pretty much manhandling them. But by the time I had finished, I was watching the game, and I thought Chicago did a really good job putting up a fight. Ultimately, Milwaukee won, but. Chicago kept it close. Um, I, I I thought, you know, they made it a fun game. You know, they it wasn't a blowout. Blowouts aren't any fun in the playoffs. But they made it a fun game. Ultimately, the Bucks won. I think the Bucks will probably, if anything, at max, I think it goes to five games. But ultimately, Milwaukee won that game. But you know, it was good to see Chicago put up a fight. You know, Chicago's been struggling the the second part of the season, so. It was really good to see him put up a fight and actually make a game out of it. Um, you know, the Suns, they pretty much, they were beating the Pelicans. Um, it's neat the Pelicans made it, but the Suns are just too talented. They're, it's probably a four-game sweep. Um, the uh, other games, Monday night, 76ers and the Raptors. The Raptors, they're just, they're not showing up. The I don't know if it's the Raptors or, you know, Raptors lost Scotty Barnes in game one. He's he's not, like, him being out there didn't, doesn't decide them winning or losing. I, Philly is still way better. I pretty much assume Philly's going to sweep them. So the Raptors look a bit lost. One thing that is annoying is the Sixers are pretty much unwatchable, man. I just can't. I can't watch. I tried to watch that game. It was on before the Mavericks. And just the foul calls. You know, Embiid had 14 free throws. Harden had eight. And just all all the free, all the fouls. 76ers shot 30 free throws. 
and Toronto shot 12. And just, it's so annoying. You know, Joel Embiid is, is one of those guys, he's so big, and he gets out of control, and he falls all the time. And he, he did this play where he just, he kind of flew. He tripped over his own feet, or he slips, and he falls. And Siakam's go, Siakam goes vertical, and he falls under Siakam. They're looking at it for a flagrant. I'm like, Siakam didn't do anything. If you're going to call flagrant on anybody, call it on the floor, for or call it on Joel's feet, because he he's clumsy and they they just call fouls. And it's like, what am I watching here? This isn't basketball. He's so out of control and clumsy that. You, you just can't defend them. The officials don't allow you to defend them. And for me, you know, I, I guess they'll probably play Miami, and I'll get to them in a minute. I figure they'll play Miami in the next round. You know, Miami does have a couple guys in Deadman and Bam who will be guarding Embiid, so they'll probably do a lot better job. But... Just 76ers are just unwatchable. Um, Toronto doesn't really have a big... They're kind of like Dallas. You know, they do have Boucher, but Boucher is so skinny. He's not stopping Embiid. He's, Embiid's like twice his size. You know, Precious is like... Precious is like 6'10". And he's kind of small. For a big, for a center, you know, it's like we play Powell at center. Precious, Precious, in all reality, should be a power forward next to a bigger guy. But they're just Toronto's not stopping Embiid. That's just all that all this to it. It's a bad matchup for them, and it, they're probably just going to get swept. But I'll be interested to see how the officials officiate the next series with Miami, who's a better defensive team than Toronto, but the other game last night was Golden State, Denver, Denver, their season's just, their season was sort of, I hate to use this, but it was a waste, they probably would have been better off just not making the playoffs, Um, they're, you know, when you are missing your second and third best player, you're not going to win. Um, you know, I was reading Twitter, which is a cesspool, and the people who are on Twitter, most of them are 15 and under, and they don't understand basketball. Everything's the greatest thing. Everything in their lifetime is the greatest of all time. So it's a little annoying. And one of the things, you know, that came up was how like Jokic is this huge minus number and he got ejected in game two and some people are like, oh, it's because he's not as good. He's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. Look, you take the two best players off every team in the playoffs right now. Take the two best player, two of the three best players off their team and they're not winning. They're just not. Um, one guy was, one guy had some stupid argument. I'm like, Let's go back to Golden State back when they played Toronto in the finals. Clay got hurt. 
Durant got hurt. That's two of their three best players. Did they win that series? No, they didn't. Because they were outmatched. You, you're get, you can't win when two of your three best players are out. You just can't. This, you can get away with it during the regular season. You can. Because one guy might step up one night. One guy, another guy might step up. But when you get to the playoffs, you know, you're playing the same team you know, for two weeks, one week, week and a half, whatever. They're game planning for you for seven games. So it's you, you don't game plan for you know different opponents every night. It's hard to game plan for that. You just go out and you try to win. So the Nuggets, nobody had the Nuggets winning that series. Nobody even had the Nuggets. A lot of people probably didn't have the Nuggets winning a game because they're missing two of their three best players. If you were to take if you were to take Curry and Clay off Golden State's team and they're playing the Mavericks who's if they're fully healthy is Golden State going to win without Clay and Curry? No, they're not. They're not good enough. So Denver's not going to win that series, but not because Jokic is sorry. It's because they don't have two of their three best players. And it's just that simple. And I think they thought they might get them back by the playoffs. But it just didn't happen. And so now they're stuck playing a Golden State team where, you know, Curry's hitting his shots. Clay's hitting his shots. And when those two guys are on, it opens it up for other guys. And Jordan Poole is taking advantage of it. You know, I saw another thing today where it's like they were showing Jordan Poole and Tyrese Maxey and Tyler Hero and Anthony Edwards. I'm like, no, sorry. Take those three guys out. Anthony Edwards is is, is above those guys. Jordan Poole has two guys, maybe even three, if you want to count Andrew Wiggins, that the other team is trying to stop. And you can't stop everybody. you got to give you. Somebody's gonna get somebody's gonna get shots, and it just happens to be Jordan Poole because they're concentrating on Steph and Clay, and even Andrew Wiggins and Draymond. They're game planning for those guys. So you know Toronto's game planning for Embiid and Harden. You know Maxi's taking advantage of it. That's great. Jordan Poole's taking advantage of it. Is he a good player? Of course he's a good player. But teams are game planning for Anthony Edwards. And I'm excited to watch that game. It's on right now, I believe. Um, I'm gonna as soon as I'm done with this pod here. Yeah, it's three to three. It just started. I'm gonna watch that Grizzlies Timberwolves game because I think Anthony Edwards is that guy. He's your best player on your team. Jordan Poole's not gonna be the best player on Golden State. Maxie's not gonna be the best player on Philly. Tyler Hero's not gonna be the best player on Miami. They're just not. Anthony Edwards, I think, is the best player on Minnesota. So they need to calm down with those guys. Um, sorry, I just, I'm real opinionated on that. I, I just, you know, watching, I'm not even a Minnesota fan. I don't care for the Timberwolves. But sometimes there's just players that they're just, you just, you don't know how they're going to be in the league. I, I didn't know anything about Anthony Edwards when he came into the league. All I heard was that he didn't want to play basketball. He wanted to play football and stuff like that. I didn't know what to think about him. But watching him play, 
he's an incredible basketball player. You know, he last year, you know, people talk about how he took a lot of shots and yeah, he, he had a pretty good scoring average, but he took a bunch of shots. It wasn't very efficient. And it's like, well, they weren't playing any for any for anything last year. They weren't good enough. So let him take those shots. Same thing with like Jalen Green, you know. Houston's not playing for anything this year. Let Jalen Green have 30 shots. Are you going to lose the game? Probably. Are you a better team if he doesn't take those shots? Probably. But at this point, just let him take the shots. You're not going to the playoffs. And that's what Minnesota did last year, and it's paid off. So, I'm, you know, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to go watch that game. And I'm, I'm eager to see if Memphis can, you know, hold off Minnesota. You know, they don't want to go back to Minnesota down 0-2. The same thing with the Mavericks. You know, you didn't want to go to Utah down 0-2. So, Memphis really needs to win this game. So, the other game on is Miami-Atlanta right now. It's at halftime, and Miami's up by 2. Atlanta's playing better than they played last game. There's still a second half, so I'm curious to see, you know, if Miami clamps down the defense and sort of... uh, takes control you know it's not necessarily a must win for Atlanta but you know you've got to figure some things out after game one was so bad Um, I know they were complaining about turnaround time and stuff like that but you're the Nazi you shouldn't even been in the playoffs just be lucky you're there so and most other years prior to this whole playing thing you wouldn't even be in the playoffs so you know just be happy you're there so Anyhow, I, uh, I'm i probably going to end it there. Um, there's a, the Phoenix-New Orleans game two is tonight. I just assume Phoenix wins again. It's not going to be any different from any of the other games. Uh, you know, tomorrow, Wednesday night, it's going to be game two for Boston-Brooklyn. Eager to see that one. Um, that was a good matchup. It's good TV. Uh, Philly plays the Raptors. I'm not watching that game. And Chicago plays Milwaukee, which Milwaukee got the good schedule, which I, which I wish Dallas would have gotten. Uh, Milwaukee didn't play their guys, and they got rewarded. You know, next time Adam Silver makes a stupid comment about playing your guys, I'd love to be there and ask him why he rewarded the teams that didn't and why he punished the teams that did. Just saying. But uh, until then... Um, I'll, I'll do a pod probably Friday after the Mavs um, Thursday game. The, the game's at 8 o'clock, my time. So it's going to end late. So I'll do a pod Friday or Saturday, probably Friday. And then they play on Saturday um, at 3.30, sort of an early game. So we'll see. But uh, other than that, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. And if you could rate and review the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcasts, I'd appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see you later.